Questions are being raised about the effectiveness of electronic monitoring after revelations the man accused of stabbing an Auckland dairy owner last month had disabled his monitoring bracelet more than 90 minutes before the attack. Corrections didn't investigate or pass it on to police, saying it received about 3,000 alerts that day and can only prioritise the higher risk ones. It's now working with police to improve the system and review how it manages track it tampering. Joining me now is criminal lawyer and vice president of the Law Society, Julianne Kincaid. Kia ora, Julianne. Is there any point in having electronic monitoring if, as in this case we've seen, those alerts aren't acted on? Oh yes, of course. It's a very valuable resource. I'd just like to correct that I'm vice president of the Law Association. Um, that's that's um, my rule. But uh, it's a very useful um, mechanism to allow people either on um, waiting a waiting trial, that is before they've in fact been convicted of an offence, to be on electronically monitored bail or post-conviction um, where they're either on home detention or community detention. So um, it works well in most cases? It certainly does. And there are thousands of people who are electronically monitored uh, at any given time for a variety of reasons. But I, um, And of course that involves GPS tracking it allows them to remain in the community, potentially keeping a uh, housing situation going, possibly work, keeping them pro-social with family um, relationships. It allows them to um, be involved in rehabilitation and perhaps counselling if that's appropriate or other voluntary work and study. So there's all sorts of pro-social reasons why it does work well in most cases for people to be kept in the community. And potentially also uh, helping to reduce the, the number of people on remand? Yes. yes, our remand population is very large. I was just trying to see what the uh, current stats are, but it's about, uh, sometimes it's about 40% even of our prison population. It's a very expensive way um, a, a very expensive resource for us um, financially. Of course, that's not the first consideration, but certainly in appropriate cases, people uh, the electronic monitoring works very well. Um, I would like to just say that, I, I, that in these individual cases that have occurred recently, of course, they must be looked at as to what's gone on and whether there are lessons that can be learned. With any systems, there's always possibly room for improvement, and it may be a question of resourcing that needs to be looked at um, so far as checks are concerned. Well, corrections are saying it's got about, it had about 3,000 alerts on that day alone. Mm. If, if you remove the ones that are active tampering where people are trying to disable their electronic monitoring, what, what else can cause an alert for those bracelets? Yeah, that seems a, a very high number. So alerts can be caused perhaps because a battery has run out, and that is actually somebody will be breached if they've allowed their battery to run down. They have to keep it um, charged. That's one of the conditions. It can be um, sparked if they've gone outside the boundary of where they're allowed to be because that GPS tracking um, involves a, a, de, a, a pre-marked area where they're allowed to be whilst on a bracelet and if they go beyond that boundary for any reason. And it can be the the, the uh, signal might be interrupted simply because the equipment isn't working properly or as it should for reasons outside the control of the person being monitored. So and, and all sorts of reasons why um, an alarm might be um, sparked off. Kia ora, thank you very much. That is Julianne Kincaid from the Law Association, the Vice President.